0: Welcome to Returning Home. I'm your host, Natalie Sapinski, speaking to you live today, September 10th, from my home in Susia, in the southern Hebron Hills. Now, it's really not true what I said. It's really not live, because I will be guarding today at the pool during the show. The um, pool season has been extended a week as a gift to the community, because it is so hot. So I have to continue guarding. Um, I'm partly happy, partly annoyed. What can I say? It becomes a bit of a chore. But I was away for so long, so I really just couldn't say no. Um, So I will be playing recorded, uh, a recorded show today where I'm just talking to you. And I hope that's okay. I hope you enjoy it. Hi everybody. This is me talking from the pool. It is the last Friday that we're going to be open and they extended the hours. They extended the season for a week. So actually next week I have to be here too and I won't be able to be live. Um, so I'm recording and uh, I'm going to tell you about something very exciting that happened last night. They celebrated 40 years of my issue 40 years of Susia being issue of being in existence and it was like a whole day starting at four o'clock in the afternoon of festivities and they had like you know arts and crafts and they had um different uh duhanim, which are like kiosks little stands where you could buy food popcorn and all that type of thing and then real food too pizza and um our store, the Yachnya was open. The, the, used, the secondhand store was open and um, that, that went on for like two hours, okay or till three hours. And then at 7:30, they had um, they had a big show. and they had actually we built a, a stage and um, had speakers and speeches and dances and it was just so exciting, so exciting. And I was in one of the shows. I was in a skit. I felt at the pool and blowing my whistle and telling people not to run and it was a live skit and also uh, filmed it was really funny but it's very exciting to be part of a community and you see its growth one of the films and one of the things they kept talking about was how far we've come and they showed the six original families that came here they were young couples at the time there was nothing here and um, and it's interesting, you know, today these people are grandparents, and they have two generations under them, and everyone knows these people. Um, and one of them, you know, has the, um, the kramim, the, the vineyards, and has wine. And another one was a mayor for many years. Um, and then another one, you know, does honey. And um, it's very exciting to see these people you know you saw them when they were young in their 20s and now their grandparents in their 60s they're still doing this and their children have grown and the families have grown and you know I'm part of that I'm, I'm actually part of that um, in a small way but you know I, I say this a lot on the show I think but you can really make a difference here and you know I, I, I would have never made any impact at all if I had stayed in the States everything there is built and done and um, there's just, you know, I was just a number. And uh, I know every Jewish community is there, has its, also its own story. And it can be said that what's happening here is mirrored everywhere. And that's a very strong case. All right. But this is Israel. And even more, this is Yehudan Shamron. Shomron. This is the biblical heartland of Israel. This isn't just some Stom town in the USA or in England or in France uh, where Jews come and go and are kicked out. This is ours. This is the only place that's ours. And, like, why wouldn't you want to come here and be a part? I mean, you can be here and be a number, you know, just rent an apartment and just do your job. And that's even that is contributing in a big way. Even that is bringing more Jews to live in Israel. So even just being a, you know, a quiet person, living your own life, is so important here. So if you want to do, you know, a little extra and be a little more involved, it's just, it's very fulfilling, and it really makes a difference. And especially someone like me, a foreigner, to come here and be, like, recognized for the stuff I do. And and actually, you do, you know, you really do make a difference um, in every little way. I mean, I'll tell you something very funny. We are very active. My my uh, secondhand store ladies, we have. I think I told you about it, 16, 17 volunteers, more all the time. And we just got an air conditioner. And uh, somebody was selling their air conditioner used, and we found someone to fix it and and install it. And it's very exciting. So now we have an air conditioner. And for a long time we didn't. It was really horrible, very hot. You know. So I mean, this is like exciting. Every little step every little improvement is is um, exciting when you're a part of it when you're part of something small and you see it step by step get bigger um you see this throughout this yeshuv I live in in all little ways how little developments happen all the time and more and more people come and and um contribute we have like two people who bake here do cookies and all that type of thing we have someone who does kugel every friday we have um, somebody who, uh, there's something, uh, um, I, I, there was some movie, in the movie, there, they listed all the different gamachim. Those of you who don't know what a gamach is, it's, um, it's a group of used items that you can use, that you can borrow, um, if you don't have them, for, for no money, okay? So, like, we have a gamach for uh, medicine, and we have a gamach for party goods and um... tablecloths and things like that, those you return. You know, use them if you have a big event. I've used them for every bar mitzvah, this gemach. To use beautiful, if you, you know, we don't have flowers, we don't have beautiful tablecloths, we don't have um, fancy decorations, so we have that. And I think a lot of Jewish communities have things like this. But we have so many, we even have a gemach for gasoline, for the car. Um, It's just pretty amazing. All these little things and, and, you know, you see these these different developments in your community and we see it here and it was all broadcast yesterday in these movies and uh, it's very exciting you know I know all the people in the movies I know all the the people in the clips and um, it was very exciting and it's you know brought tears to my eyes because you see these children and you know them and you know in 10 years when it's 50 years they're going to be adults just like uh, when we came here they did the 25 year celebration I remember they put me up on the stage, and they laughed at me because of my accent, and they had me represent all olim. Um, now it's 15 years later, and I'm in the show in Hebrew, speaking Hebrew. Um, it's very exciting, and I urge any of you looking to change your life, to move to Israel. If you're looking for something very fulfilling, and you want to make a difference, and you have energy, and you have guts, um, and you wanted to have a new kind of adventure, live in a small yeshuv. Don't just go to a city with other Anglos like you. Consider moving to a small yeshuv where there aren't many Americans at all. And, you know, it'll be a big adventure for you. I have to apologize. I just listened to that recording and you can hear in the background voices, women talking. I don't remember at the time, because I was walking on the grass away from the pool, away from the water, as far as I could could get, and I was not paying attention. But, you know, there are so many people here now, and it's funny, Now everything's relative. There are more than 200 families. Uh, That's a lot. When I came here, there were 70. I knew everybody, now I don't know everybody. I know most people, okay? And every time there's a new family, it's announced in the newspaper, and when I say newspaper, it's, you know, a, a few papers stapled together, that's our newspaper. But it's announced, and so they're usually young couples, maybe with a, a baby. Um, but anyway, there are a lot of people. And at the swimming pool in the morning, it's kind of a social gathering. So that is one very uh, – that's a place I'm, I'm highly visible. Um, what I mean is everyone knows me. I may not know all of them, but they all know me. And it's pretty funny. So you hear people talking in the background, and it's it is it is social and uh, you know, all of you listening know this, uh, if you go to any swimming pool some people swim, some people don't, you know, some people just go to talk and see their friends it's the same way here and it's very nice it's very nice to have that and especially I think in a religious community where um, people are usually so busy and so so serious and and so focused on their families and doing good, doing mitzvot one of the things I highlighted, I didn't mention this earlier, this is amazing This and I think they have this also in other Jewish communities, but this is just amazing to me. They have something called the Food Project. Okay, they call it the Food Project. What is the Food Project? It is um, a group of people, a, a, huge, a large group of people, that prepare food for um, needy families, for needy families in another city. And, and you, there's, you see this huge table, this huge graph, every week in the newspaper of who is making the vegetable, who is making the meat? Who is making the um, carbohydrate? You know, like rice or potatoes, and who's making the dessert? It's like four items are in this meal, and then for how many fa- for how many family members? So you'll see the number of family members for six people, for seven people, for five people, and you see the per- each. So it's a huge graph. You know, a different person <laughs> is making each of the food items for this number of people, and then two children age. 13, or maybe it's age 12, have to go to this person, one house, and pick up the the pans. They're chalpami, they're disposable pans. That's like their job. Every week is a different uh, zug, a different couple of children. I remember when my kids had this job. So every week these kids have this job to go pick up these pans. And I don't know if they pack the food, or if they take the pans somewhere, but they do that. And then there's another person who is the driver. And it's all anonymous. We, you know, no one knows who these families are. Just the driver gets a list of names, and so they showed in the video how that's done, and how it's different people going to different houses and then the putting the meal in the car and the different driver. It's just so amazing, and it runs like clockwork. Uh, this I love, and I and I see all these names on this graph, and I'm thinking to myself, how do these women have the time to make six portions of chicken or six? You know, six portions of vegetable. It's basically a big pan, okay, making a b- an extra meal in the middle of the week when they have to their own family to worry about. And these families where I live, as you know, because I keep telling you over and over every week, these families are large. My own family, five children, okay, they're teenagers. I am a smaller family. Many families have eight children, seven children. These are big families. You know, these kids eat. They're active, so to see these women doing this and it's women okay it's not men it's women slaving away at the kitchen and they all have jobs everybody works here and they work six days a week okay there's no sunday off as you all know in israel sunday is monday there is no real weekend friday is a half day of work so um, you know you're you're really down to the crunch on friday to make shabbat and it's it's a very busy, busy life. And I think um, the holidays are so, so great here. There are so many. And we need them. We really need them. And all the vacations people take. And when I'm saying vacations here, I'm not saying families are flying for two weeks to the Swiss Alps. Okay, a vacation here is like families loading up their car with food. And sleeping bags and sometimes they're going to their grandmother's house and they're sleeping in the yard or they're sleeping in a spare room sometimes they're going camping Um, you know these families don't go to hotels these families aren't going skiing these families aren't going on an airplane they're driving somewhere and eating um, as cheaply as they can it's just somewhere else near water and let's talk about water and I've talked about this too there's not much water here in Israel we have the Mediterranean. It is true. It's beautiful. Be- beautiful beaches. Really beautiful. And then they have Lake Tiberia, the Kinneret, the Sea of Galilee. It's all the same thing. One small lake. <laughs> okay. That's it. Then you have the Red Sea by a lot. Okay. But that's really kind of like a lake. And beautiful beaches. But okay. So that's three places. It's not much, for a population of ten million. It's not much to choose from water-wise. There's not much. So um, when people go away, that's what they're doing. And my t- children used to get very upset. They still do. not A little less now, because now they're older and they go with their friends. But they used to get very upset in the summers when we wouldn't go away because I was guarding at the pool because all their friends were going away. And I would say to them, where do you think they're going? They're going to their grandmother's house. They're going to their sister's house. And they're all sleeping in one room in sleeping bags. And, you know, eating tuna out of cats, they're not going on fancy hotel trips, they're not going on fancy airplane trips. So calm down, you know, you got it good. You live at home, you have your food, you guys can put a tent in the yard, and you have a swimming pool here every day. They, you know, that's what they're doing, but they have to get in a car for that and go somewhere else, and they might not even get a place to swim. Anyway, um, I wanted to tell you about the food project just as an example of how organized it is here and how impressive it is here. Um, and there are many things that go on here that aren't acknowledged and that were not included in that movie, um, like our team of rescuers. They're, that's pretty amazing. You know, I'm, I, I'm always impressed by not knowing sometimes who these rescuers are. They just kind of pop up when you need them. And someone makes a call, and someone pops up and is there to help you. Um, that happens all over in Rome with our medics. Hatzalah here in Yura Shamron As I'm sure many of you listening Have your own Hatzalah group But you know it's a little different here I, I do understand that I was in Canada recently talking to them And they kept asking me questions about my, Our Hatzalah here what I was talking about Do we take them to the ambulance Or do we take these people to the hospital How much do we do Because they're in Canada they, The Hatzalah they have in Toronto um, Has rescuers Going to your house And they call the ambulance for you. So they're just like holding your hand and, I guess, getting you stable until the ambulance comes and takes you to the hospital. Here, uh, it's a little different in Yudah and Shimon. Our rescue medics have the ambulance often. Um, Maybe the ones who get to you first don't have the ambulance, but they call for the ambulance. The ambulance is us also. We're, We're those drivers. We're those ambulance drivers. And we're the medics on the ambulance. And we get you all over to the hospital. We do the whole thing. Um, that's how it works here. If anybody has questions, please let me know. We always need help. We always need more support. And um, because there's Hatzalah in so many different places, people tend to only support their own. But once they do learn about ours, they do support us too. Um, Many people I speak to, many people even listening to the show, have friends or family who come to visit Israel, and they do come out here to different places in Yudan Shimon, whether or not they realize it, Gush is in Judah. The Jordan Valley is in the Shomron. Um, the Shomron is just everything north of Jerusalem, and Judah is everything south of Jerusalem. I don't say everything, I mean this biblical heartland area, this green line, okay? This old area. The Shomron is north, that consists of Benjamin, and Judah is south, all right? Consisting of Hebron. Uh, But it's a big, big area, and it's getting bigger all the time. And um, it is growing, and it's beautiful to see. Just yesterday in the newspaper, the Shabbat newspaper, I saw new houses for sale in, where was it? In Adam. Adam is right north of Jerusalem. It's um, very close to Beit El. And uh, houses, there are 2,600,000 houses. For a new house, a five-bedroom house, 2,600,000 shekel. That is a lot of money in Yudan Shumron. And what does that say? It says people want to live here. And there's a lot of demand to live here. And there aren't tons and tons of new houses. There just aren't. So they're, they're, they're really being snapped up. And um, it's a very high quality of life out here. It's, it's hard to describe it, because um, I lived in a suburb in America, a very quiet place, a very quiet neighborhood, but it wasn't all Jewish, and there were no guards, and there was no gate, and anybody could come in and rob you, anybody could come in and ring your doorbell. You all remember those scams when we were growing up, uh, the FedEx people dressed in a uniform, but they weren't really FedEx. That doesn't happen in Yeshuv. There isn't that crime. Um, There, there really is no crime. Um, It's old-fashioned. You can let your kids roam. You don't really have to know where they are. Everybody in the yeshuv is someone you know. Um, There's no, you know, there's no theft. There's no such thing as theft, really. And uh, again, I I think I've told you this before. Like kidnapping just doesn't exist. It's just, it's very, um, it's like a summer camp. All year-round that's the feeling the bigger the issue gets the less it gets okay the less secure Um, you have to let everybody in who wants to buy a house I I guess it's more like a city it's true but they have you know there there are advantages to that there are advantages to that Um, it's not my style but there are people who choose that and that's fine there's a lot of choices Yehuda Shimon I think is the best part of Israel And it's pretty funny when I um, think back, how I used to live in Tel Aviv, how I had never ever been out here, and how my life was so different. Um, And it is different. When you go to Azrieli Center and you get off the train, it's just so many people, so many people. I can't stand it. You know, I'm just ready to just ball up and sit in a corner. I just don't want to be there at all. But that's how I used to live. That's how I was as a single woman in my 20s, and I loved it, I just loved it. Because there I also felt very safe. You know, Israel's just a very safe country in general. The cities are just safe, it's a different kind of safe, okay, Um, than in other places, especially coming from America. When I was always looking over my shoulder and always had to be careful being a single woman alone. Um, And uh, those of you listening know that's, that's you know, that's a risk everywhere. To be a single woman is hard everywhere. But here in Israel, I think less so. Um, so we are coming upon Rosh Hashanah, it is this Friday, it's very exciting um, everyone's running around getting their apples, their honey, here tamarim are very important they're, they, you get the, the how do you say, they're not dried, okay, so this tamarim are, are dates and you can get them all throughout the year that they're dried, you know, and, and they're very very popular, they ship them all over the world But here at Rosh Hashanah, you get them green. And you say the Shecheyanu Bracha on them. So that's nice. Here, we get figs on the trees here. um, Fresh, I I have a bunch in my fridge. You can just get them. That's also, I think people say Shecheyanu. And um, here, families do a whole Seder at the beginning of the meal, um, with all these different vegetables and fruits, and a special Bracha for, I think, it's eight different vegetables. It's very nice. We've... uh, Incorporated that into our own meal um, Different prayers, you know, to wipe out your enemies and give you more than just a good year It's a whole bunch of different brachot. It's it's beautiful and You know things here you do feel the air changing. You do feel the temperatures dropping. It's so great. It smells so good And it's a, it's a wonderful time of year and it's one very interesting thing here that it doesn't matter if you're religious or not everybody does Rosh Hashanah Okay um, just like it doesn't matter if you're religious or not to sit shiva. Also, if you're not, even if you're not religious, you sit shiva. You do your seven days of shiva, and people come. It's it's, it's a really wonderful thing. That I thought that was very strange. Abroad, I was in America for my father's um, burial, and and we did uh, a burial and then a memorial service, and shiva. In America, many people only do as much as they feel. They only do maybe two days, three days. Well, we did seven. I insisted on doing seven, and people came, and we had a minyan every night. Um, it's just more, you know, <laughs> it's, a very, it's a very normal, regular thing here. And uh, also the customs. Now, you know, there are rules of Shiva. Some people may keep them, some people may not, but here they're kept. And I've been to many Shival- Shivas here, Shavult, I guess. But, uh, you know, the person who's in mourning sits low on a stool or a box or a crate, And all the mourners the siblings sit with the mother and they don't get up they do not get up there's maybe a little table next to them with food and drinks and there's somebody waiting on them and sometimes it's a group of women in the kitchen you know like refilling the cakes and doing the dishes Um, and then there's chairs set in a circle or set out in rows for the guests to come and sit and it's true you walk into a house and you sit, and you say nothing. And then, you know, eventually, maybe you'll say something. And before you leave, you say a certain phrase in Hebrew or in English. May you be comforted among the mourners of Zion, of Zion, in Yerushalayim. And you leave. And there's a hand-washing station, usually outside the door. And it's very, um, it's very solemn. And you feel it, okay? And it wasn't like that at my mom's. And it's not her fault. She's not a religious woman and she doesn't have religious friends. But I had to keep telling her to sit down. I mean, she would get up when people came in the door to greet them, she would get up to greet them. I was Mom, you sit, you sit. Um, it was <laughs> it was wild, okay? It was not like a shiva I would ever been to. But um, it's over and uh, we got through it, and what can, what can you say? I'm back home where I belong, thank goodness, and I just hope that um, more of my family comes to visit. I hope my mom comes to visit because Israel's really, you know, there's just no place like it. And all of you listening and, you know, want to make the move and have talked about making the move and are delaying making the move don't delay. Just don't. There's, you know, life is so short. And we see this all the time. We see this every day with our own bodies, our own wrinkles, our own sunspots, right? I mean, come on. We are getting older, and we don't have much time on earth to be active, really. How long are you active? to you're 60? So get on a plane, make the move. And, you know, struggle along with the rest of us in this great adventure in the Jewish homeland. You will not be sorry. And have a Shana Tova, all of you. Shana Tova, matuka, To all of you listening, thank you for listening every week. Please keep sending in your letters, your questions, your words of encouragement, and even your criticisms, your critiques. I welcome them. I love them. Shana Tova to you all.